Welcome to the Faith to You podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb Schrader. Do you know how to recognize a true believer? You know, Scripture tells us that there's things that mark a true Christian. Let me give you a few examples. In John 13, 35, Jesus says this, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Love marks a true believer, a true disciple, a true follower of Christ. In John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, in verse 21, he says this, May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in them. May they also be in us, so the world may, be- may believe you sent me. Unity, oneness, marks true believers, those who are joined to the body of Christ and are thriving within that community of believers. Here's one that might be a little bit surprising to you. Another mark of a true believer is growth in godliness. Growth in godliness. And this is what we want to focus on today. We're going to start by looking at 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. John says this, I am writing to you, little children, since your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have conquered the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you've come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you've come to know the one who's from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have conquered the evil one. What we see in 1 John chapter 2 is a progression in godliness. When John talks about little children, young men, and fathers, what he's talking about is the different stages of Christianity. And I want you to understand that these these stages are inevitable. They're not optional. If you're a Christian, you grow. You know, for the last year, we've been praying as a church for Emirate Porter. Emmerich Porter was born on April 11th of 2021. It's now July of 2022, and he's still in the hospital. And the reason he's still needing to be taken care of is because his body hasn't grown to a level where he can thrive outside of that hospital. We, we understand when we look at a baby and that baby's not growing that there's something wrong. We need to do something. The doctors realize his lungs need to be developing. You can be praying for baby Emirate that his lungs would develop to the point where he can go home with his parents, Michael and Crystal. Please lift him up in your prayers. But I want you to understand, it's obvious to us if a human being is not growing that there's something wrong. It should be just as obvious to us if a baby Christian is not growing that there's something wrong. Growth in godliness is natural for the true believer. Now, what I want to show you is the stages that we progress through. What it means to be a baby Christian is a little child in 1 John chapter 2. Listen to the things that he describes for baby Christians. He says, your sins are forgiven on account of his name. The very first thing that you need to understand in order to be saved, in order to be born again, born into the family of God, is that your sins are forgiven for his name. So it's not about you. The very first thing that you understand is that you're forgiven for the glory of God. You don't come to God to get something for you. You come to God to get God. 
You, you come to God to enter into relationship with him so that he can be glorified. So a baby Christian, a brand new believer, understands that their salvation is not about them. That's where it starts. The second thing he says about baby Christians is, you have come to know the Father. They've entered into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. They understand, God is my Father. I am his child. You know, oftentimes when we're struggling in our faith, we need to go back to that first love, that first time where we really comprehended, God loves me like a father. God loves me with that that parent love. And if you're a parent, you understand this. You're never going to stop loving your kids, no matter what they do, no matter what they go through. There's never going to come a time in your life where you say, I'm done. I can't love you anymore. You always have love for your children. There's an unconditional love that as parents we have. The Father heart of God has that perfectly. A baby believer gets that. Those are important things to remember. And even though we mature, we never grow up from that. We never get beyond the point where we don't remember our sins are forgiven for his name's sake, where we don't remember God is our Father. But we do progress to that young man stage. The young man stage is sort of the middle ground. It's where the majority of believers spend most of their days. And what we see there is we see a believer who's, who's in process. They're being sanctified. There's growth in righteousness. They're struggling through. But there's a couple things that mark them. One thing is, he says, you have conquered the evil one. Now, I want you to understand, this is not a once and for all victory. We're told to resist the devil and he'll flee from us, uh, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to attack again. Throughout this life, we're going to struggle with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those things are going to constantly be tempting us, but a maturing believer has had victories in some of the battles of this life. They're, they're not living a life marked by defeat. A, a brand new believer, oftentimes, they're, they're going to be living a life that's marked by defeat. But you reach a point where there's a shift, where you begin to understand what you've been given in Christ Jesus, and you start to have victory over the evil one. Your life is marked by spiritual victory. The second thing he says about young men is that they're strong. They're strong. Now, now, he's not saying that they're muscular Christians. He's not even saying that they're spiritual giants. Uh, remember what Scripture teaches us about strength. Do you remember what Paul said? He said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And he said, God uses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. This, this isn't any sort of innate strength. It's not any sort of intrinsic power that believers have. Rather, it's a dependence upon the Lord for their strength. That's what Paul means when he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Young men are strong because they realize they don't have anything to win victory. Sometimes we need to learn that through trials, through trial and error, through us attempting to do it on our own and failing miserably. Eventually, we reach the point where we realize, I can't do this. I need help. And learning to depend upon God is a process. It's a lifelong process. But as you learn to do it, you grow strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The next thing he says about young men is he says, God's word remains in you. What does that mean? What does it mean that God's word remains in you? It means that As you're studying his word, 
as you're memorizing his word, you can't just, it's not just that you can repeat it. Having it remain in you doesn't just mean that you've memorized it and it's stuck in your head, but it means this. It means that when his word convicts you, you respond to it. You don't shut it out. You don't push it away. You allow it to stay there. You allow it to percolate in your mind, in your being, and affect what you do. And so God's word remaining in you means that you live by his word. What his word says, that's what you do. That's how you live. That's what you're depending upon. You find promises in his word and you say, Lord, you've promised this to be true, so I'm going to live in dependence upon it, in reliance upon your strength and your spirit who's living within me to make it true in my life. I believe this is true. I'm going to depend upon it. That's what it means to abide in his word. It doesn't just mean that you know it. It means that you're living because of it. You're living by it. And because you're living by it, God gets the glory. His word is starting to be manifest in your life. One of the things that Jesus taught often is that a true believer receives that seed of the gospel and produces something as a result. In the parable of the soils, Jesus describes the good soil this way. In Matthew 13, 23, he says, The one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. I want you to notice that the harvest for believers isn't identical. The growth for believers isn't identical. Here's what's identical. We all grow. We all produce something. There's fruit in our life. Now, now, you know, you look at this and you think about, okay, what's the fruit talking about? The fruit that it's talking about right here is deeds that are not burned in the fire that I'm judged by on the final day. You know, those who are in Christ will be judged. The works that we do here in our flesh are going to be judged. And and there's two types of works. There's those that are burned up with fire and those that endure. And I want you to get this. The works that endure are the ones that are done in dependence upon the Lord for the glory of his name. So people argue about whether these fruits are the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, or if it's the fruit of other believers coming to know the Lord. And I think that that's the wrong focus. Here's the focus. The fruits it's talking about here are lasting works. They're fruit that remains, that endures that trial. So that could be that you led somebody to the Lord. That could be that you had patience in a situation where the world wouldn't have patience. That could be that you had long suffering. It can be both of those. It can be other people coming to know the Lord. It can be you manifesting the fruits of the Spirit. What's important is that there's Spirit-reliant works in your life that will endure that day of judgment. And every true believer is marked by that if they receive the word. James describes it this way. He says, receive with meekness the implanted word. So you receive that word humbly. Well, the last category is fathers. This is end game. This is what we're, this is what our goal is. This is a mature believer. These are mature Christians. And so Christians who would be described as fathers, the attribute he focuses on, he says, you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. What I want you to get is maturity for a believer is marked by depth in relationship with God. It's marked by depth in relationship with God. See, the most important thing for you to be growing as a believer is your relationship. 
as you come to know the Father, as you come to comprehend his incomprehensible love, as you come to have eyes that see him, you know, all those works, all those victories, they flow out of that relationship. Your goal, your singular goal in this life needs to be to know him. That's what Mary did as she sat at Jesus' feet. Remember Martha? She was frustrated. And Jesus said, Mary found the one thing that's needful. What's that one thing? To know him. If you know him, you're going to want to make him known. That's what Paul means when he says, the love of God controls us. Being in relationship with him affects my life. But it's that depth of relationship. Are you coming to know God more? You know, as you, as you hear me describing the Christian life as one marked by growth and godliness, I want you to understand you can't grow in godliness if you're not getting God, if you're not coming to know him, if you're not growing in your understanding of who he is. So growth in godliness is marked by growth in relationship. You need to be coming to know the Lord more and more. You know, every single believer should be going on to greater things. We should not be satisfied at all with the same kind of life that we've been living all along. We should always desire more. I hope that my devotional today is encouraging you to pursue that. Uh, don't, Don't think that you need to make yourself go out and produce fruit. Fruit is the natural byproduct of relationship. As you grow in godliness, your life will produce the fruit of the one that you're staring at as you consider him, as you look for him, as you long for him. Pursue the Lord today. Read the word to know him. Pray to him to know him. Come to know him more and more, and you'll begin to look like him more and more. Thank you so much for listening today.